the Team Performance Podcast with Spencer Horn and Christian Napier. Welcome to another episode of the Team Performance Winning Ways for Uncertain Times podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and I am joined by the handsome gentleman in the striking purple blazer and shirt, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Other than I am completely out of sync, and I can't, and normally I'm not on this podcast. I don't know what's happening. But other than that, I'm great. And, you know, Jason will, will explain why, you know, how I could actually... I should probably be able to move my mouth in advance of what I'm going to say so I can sync up with it. That would, that might work better. Yeah. It's kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Or a oh, really great that. Godzilla movie, you know, yeah. the old Toho Godzilla movies. Uh, it's perfect. we got Godzilla versus Kong coming out. I'm so Mark. excited. I am so excited for that. But, uh, you know, normally we talk about our day and, and we've got this amazing guest. And I want to, I want to talk about that, but today, I just, Christian, this day has started at 6 a.m. This is kind of the day that never ends for me. So I started a workshop four hours starting at 6 a.m., immediately met with some meeting planners for another meeting. Then I did a strategic plan with a casino. And then, I, you know, now we're with Jason. Then I've got like, I, I got to go out in the mountains and run and listen to my book that we're going to talk about today. And then young men's tonight, we've got, it's, so it's like, you know, the day that never ends. So what, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You, you telling me what you're doing for your day reminds me of a Radiohead song, Spinning Plates. That's what it sounds like you're doing, Spinning Plates. And uh, I'm excited for you to go out and enjoy a run. It's a little cool outside today, but uh, it's very, very beautiful out there. Well, as you know, I changed my, my workout. I usually go in the morning when it's even colder, I, so I have no problem. So afternoons are just, this is, the only problem is it gets too warm and it gets muddy up on the trails, and that's, that's the downside. I am uh, so excited to introduce our, our guest. Are you ready to jump in and talk about, about him? Oh, definitely, definitely. Let's introduce your guest. Let's introduce your guest. I know it's been a long day for you, Spencer, but we're definitely ending it on a high note yes. with our guest today. Yes, so today we have Jason Hewlett. And you know this is uh, somebody that I have been hearing about lately, but the problem is I've been hiding under a rock because Jason has uh, has been rocking the world for, for a long, long time. I just, uh, I'm, I'm all kinds of ignorant. But as, as I have gotten to know a little bit about Jason, as I moved here back from Las Vegas to Salt Lake City, you know, I, I'm part of the National Speakers Association. And when I go there, it's Jason Hewlett, Jason Hewlett's this, he's doing that. He's doing, it's just, I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit intimidated by this guy. Let me tell you something, I, I've seen him speak to other speakers and with the great talent that he has, he is so sincere and, and real. I was just so, so, so impressed with what I was able to see. But I, I just wanna share a little bit about his credentials. First of all, he's a, a, a National Speakers Association Speaker Hall of Fame speaker. And what's interesting is he, he achieved what's called the CSP, the Certified Speaking Professional. I think it was in 2014, I'm just going off of memory. Within two years, he became already legendary Hall of Fame speaker. And, and you know, I'm probably gonna, if I ever even get close to that, I'll be like 80. And uh, but but that's my that's my aspiration when I when I grow up. He did it in in two years. He has traveled the world speaking to audiences. He's 
visited in the Middle East, talking to the U.S. service folks and entertaining them. He not only is a speaker, he is a writer, a singer, a performer, and he has been the recipient, I love this, recipient of the Outstanding Eagle Scout Award for the Boy Scouts. Only 800 men have received that in the history of Boy Scouts, and I guess in the United States. Let's see that. Awesome. And you know what, Jason, what cracked me up is that in parentheses behind this honor, it's Eagle Scout, right? He's also an Eagle Scout. <laughs> so <clears throat> congratulations, because that is, that is no small thing. And he's received the prestigious Star Award from the Sarah um, Center for the Performing Arts. He has won you know, the Salt Lake County Entertainer of the Year. He has been the, the best of state arts and, and entertainment specialty act. He has, gosh, you've been writing a blog for how long, Jason? I believe over 10 years, <laughs> if that's ten, correct. 10 years, so, he, he's, so not only that, he's written this book, which we're gonna be talking about called The Promise to the One. And I just got it on Friday, and, and Jason, I am absolutely thrilled with with it. And I have, I, I'm so far, I'm chapter four, because with everything else is going on, I, I listen to it while I'm while I'm running, and I and I love it. And so I am so excited to talk about that and some of your processes and and how you help individuals, organizations, and teams all all around the world. Welcome to the Team Performance Podcast, Jason. Man, that was a great introduction. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me. And uh, I'm impressed that you're running up in a mountain, not in the not in the cold of the morning, but now in the altered state of the afternoon, <laughs> through the mud, and listening to someone speak. That's impressive. I need music when I'm doing that kind of a workout. But uh, and I hope that you have me at like double the speed because that's interesting. Where most people are listening to me talk at this rate. And maybe you're speeding it up and I'm like, you're like, I don't know what he said, but this run is great. I usually go one and a half speed, but I'm listening to you at, at, at normal speed. And, uh, you know, I, there's, there's a lot I didn't mention. You also love to hike. Uh, I don't know if you, I put on these yak tracks and spikes so I can go out on the ice and stuff, but you write music, you play with your kids. I love, you have an incredible talent that we haven't mentioned. And that is the ability to stare at your wife for hours on end. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is when <laughs> it's always an awkward one for the person to read when they're reading my intro, they're like, and he catches himself staring at his wife for hours. But the truth of the matter is I'm just infatuated with this woman and I've written things about her online. In fact, one post specifically in 2015 that went around the entire world, seen by over 150 million people. And so anything I've ever done is not popular on video or in audio or on stage. It's what I wrote about my adoration for my wife. I find that interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I actually failed to mention that. And that is something that you, you talk about in your book and, and you relate it to, to integrity. I mean, you know, you talk about what do you do when nobody is, is watching, which is integrity. Do you, do you keep your promises to yourself? Do you, are you publicly out there the way you are privately? And you talk even about that, putting a post online that maybe if you would have known that 100 million people would have seen it, would you have changed it? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's interesting about that post is that 
I mean, a lot of people, especially women, read the post, went bonkers over it because I, I led with this line, which is kind of clickbait line, apparently, which I didn't know until I wrote it. But it was something like, I hate to admit this, but I think I cheated on my wife today with my wife. Let me explain. And I go on to this story about how I saw a beautiful woman at line in Target while I was shopping there. Happens to be my wife. We didn't come in the same cars. I didn't know she was there. It was just one of those split second things where you don't recognize somebody and then you're like, whoa, beautiful. Oh, what? That's my wife. So it's just a story where it kind of led with this possibility of being a cheater and turns into this love story of falling all over again to see the one we love with fresh eyes and see the light that they are in our lives. And that's what that, uh, that really, that post was about. And so once I wrote it, women went bonkers, shared it all over, tagging their boyfriends and their husbands, read this, you gotta write like this about me, honey, you know? And then Probably I became like- the, those guys, right? Yeah, I became the most hated man in the world at the time. Men were like, I hate this guy. So it's going viral because women love me, men hate me. And then I was like, what if I'd have known it was going to explode like this and be the thing they talk about on The View or on Good Morning America or the headlines in Australia, Brazil and Japan? I mean, it was wild. And, you know, what would I have written different? And obviously I chose a few interesting words in there. If someone wants to find it, it's on my Facebook, Jason Hewlett, the entertainer page. Uh, it's you know, pinned to the top. But the, the point is really, you know, when we write something or when we perform something, or even when we say something, even on a podcast like this, I mean, we might wanna go back later and say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said it like that. But if we're living within our full integrity, we can stand up for what we said, what we wrote, what we've created, and it should be evergreen, you know, as best as possible. And so that, that post really helped me to realize, yeah, sometimes you just write and you go off the top of your head and you go for it. Can't go back and change it. Got to live with it. So what's your promise to always write with full integrity, full authenticity, and uh, keep your promise to yourself to write like that or perform. So that's what that was for. You know, that really leads us into the thesis of, of the book. And by the way, you told that story in the book so well. You just set it up and you asked a provocative question about, you know, what would, what would you do if? Because I, I didn't know that story and, and you told it very, very well. I love that. But the promise to the one is, you know, you, you, you talk about several promises, you know, promises to your audience, promises to your family, to your God. But most importantly, the promise to the one is the promises you make to yourself. We should talk about that. Yeah, so often we make promises to everybody else and we have to keep them. Uh, when it comes to our audience, I like to call it an audience because I come from the performing world. But if you as listeners right now and, and people that are watching are thinking, who is my audience? Well, it's the people you sell to. It's the people you serve. That They're your clients, your customers, your association members, you name it, that's your audience. And so what's your promise to them? It's to always over deliver on what you promised. And so we constantly keep promises to them or we won't have work. And then there's the promise to the team. And when we think about team performance and you guys, what you talk so much about on this podcast, I mean, what's your promise to your team? Fulfill what you say you'll do and come through and share those gifts that only you have. And so we keep promises to them. We keep promises to our family. If we don't, 
they might leave us, you know, or right. might be disgruntled with us. And then who's left? Well, us, ourselves. We keep promises to everyone else and what's left. So often we don't keep promises to self. And I am so guilty of this. That's why I wrote the book. I thought, you know, if, if I'm having this problem and I, I'm, I'm very much about awareness and finding out what I'm going through, what I'm, how I'm performing, doing that on my own. Well, if I'm having this challenge of keeping promises to myself, what else is happening with all of my friends or my peers, even my audience and family and team? And so that's why we start with the promise to the one, which is ourselves to say, am I really keeping a promise to myself? Am I sleeping enough? Am I working out? Am I eating right? Even just those types of things that we think are kind of just the everyday things. Those need to be everyday things. We need to give 100% to ourselves so that we can then serve 100% of our audience. And so those will be future books. That's so important. And I think one of the things that you brought out really well, and it ties to this, is does your professional behavior equal your private behavior? It's kind of what we're talking about with this whole post. And if it's not, you're not keeping the promise to the one. And, and as a result, you're not able to support the team at the level that you otherwise might if you had been keeping that, those promises and you had integrity in both of your private and your professional lives were aligned. I don't, I don't, does, that, does that tie in what you're talking about? 100%. I mean, that's where we're at. Because if, if, you know, you can't ride a horse that hasn't eaten. And so when it comes to making sure that you're ready to go, whether it's fitness or it's spiritual or it's mental, it's emotional, obviously we can't keep track of everything 100% and at the best always. But where can we stop at the end of a day, whether it's writing in our journal or before we go to bed and say, am I living the promise for myself? How did today look? Did I give everyone else so much that I am completely depleted? Or did I do everything for everyone that I needed to and for myself and I'm fulfilled going to bed? How can tomorrow look? How can I craft that for myself and really live this determined, powerful uh, way of living is, is the promised lifestyle in my opinion. So I've got a question here for you, Jason. You mentioned that you started out with a question to yourself how come I'm making all these promises to everybody else, but I'm not keeping promises to myself? Implied in that question is that you didn't know the answer necessarily. And I suspect that the book is an outcome of a journey that you've gone on to answer this question. So what I'd like to know from you is what was that journey like for you to figure out how you could keep promises to yourself? What a cool question. Yeah. And nobody's asked me that. So I appreciate that. I've done uh, about a hundred podcasts since the book launched. So thank you. You know, going on that journey was a very therapeutic. I mean, it took me a couple of years just to sit down to write the book, let alone going through what it's going to become. If you've ever written a book, it's this daunting monster. And most of the listeners that haven't written a book yet are sitting there going, someday I'll write a book, right? I think we all have that as a someday goal. Yeah. And I did too. And it wasn't until I said to myself, am I, am I full of it? Like, am I for real? Or can I actually sit down and get this done? 
And when we sit down and we look at ourselves and we go through that journey of, you know, self-introspection, uh, finding out what is keeping us from really our highest level of potential. That's when I sat down and I said to my wife, I go, you know, I've tried to start writing this book for years. I would write an intro, write another intro, write another intro. I mean, for years, I lied to myself that I was working on my book in quotes. I'm working on my book. I think that happens to a lot of us. And it wasn't until I said to my wife, hey, you know, I'm going to go up in the mountains. That's where Spencer and I like to hang. We're like mountain men. I said, I'm going to go up in the mountains and I'm going to go in my motorhome and I will not be coming back until this book is finished. And she looked at me and said, haven't you been trying to start it for years? And I said, yeah, I'm going to go finish it. And my friends, I'm telling you, it must have been a divine download. At least that's what people have called it. Because three days later, I came down from the mountain with 50,000 words in my computer, sardines and chips in my beard, seagulls above my head, like tablets over my head. It is finished. <laughs> and it was. That was the journey, was that I had to make a promise to myself just to create the book, but I had to outline it in a specific way so that I could even create it at all, meaning the chapters are very therapeutic for me. I write about habits, write about self-acceptance, about God even, you know, these types of things that I said, I know I can write about this. And what is my relationship with each one? And, and so the book is not only therapeutic for me, it's very story-based. It's kind of like I'm just talking to you, it's a narrative or talking with you. And then there are some exercises at the end of each chapter that make you think, am I doing this myself? And so, yeah, the deeper I've gotten into it, the greater the journey's become. So cool. It sounds like you you and Henry David Thoreau, you went to Walden Pond. <laughs> That's right. That's what I said to my wife. I was like, I'm, I'm Thoreau, baby. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you, you start off, one of the things that you talk about is you have talents and, and share them with the world. But, but to do that, one of your processes is to identify your talents. You have a process you go through, identify, clarify, magnify, and, and really magnify your promise, which is delivering to your audience what you've been talking about. So you, you talk about how to identify that. You, you, you throw out a challenge, by the way, to list a uh, hundred gifts or a hundred talents that you have. I did that, by the way, I'm at 106. And, uh, uh, because I, I wanted to say, yeah, 106, I got them right here. And then, and I'm not doing that for, and then one of the things that you do is, is to clarify, and that is to ask other people and see where, they, where the Venn diagrams overlap, as is kind of what I heard you say, see if you can find some themes, right? So I went through all of, you know, like LinkedIn, and I, I sent it out to all my family. And so we're at, at 111 of those. But I'm going to take those, those, I'm going to follow through with those because I think it's a great exercise. But talk about how important it is to, well, here's one of the things that I, I thought was really interesting when we talked, when you talked about talents. You talked about, in the early part of our podcast, you talk about your love for your wife and how that's a big motivator in a lot of what you do. You actually talked about how love of somebody else motivated you to be like the top three point shooter in sports and how you learn music, you learn, you learn how to be an artist just to impress somebody.
one of the things that really hit me is that you wanted to, to fit in. And so you learned new signature moves or you learned how to apply different moves. And I love this because if you, you know, there's a concept called a growth mindset, right? And that, and, and I have had a fixed mindset for much of my life. If, if someone didn't accept me, it would, you know, shut me down. A lot of people are, are that way. But your answer to that is learn a new signature move. The first one doesn't apply, then figure out another one. And I love that. Yeah, I love uh, that you referred to it. I appreciate it because, you know, when it comes to the growth mindset or even self-acceptance, those types of things, I mean, that's a great motivator for any of us. And uh, you're, what you're referring to from within the book, the story goes that I saw this girl at school when I was in high school and I just was just gaga over her. Like, uh, that is the girl I want to like me. And, you know, think about your talents and the things that you're known for, whether, whether you're, you have an ability to do this or that. That's one thing. But what happens with somebody else within the same space has the talent even better than you? Now, is everything negated that you're good at? And so I experienced this trying to chase after this girl. And it was such a great motivator, you know, to have the carrot dangling in front of me. And I'm like, I can't catch this girl. And that really drove this self-introspection, this skills that I could develop from talents that essentially you guys, I didn't even have. I mean, I'm, I'm not a gifted athlete, but I started to work at it because I saw that she liked athletes. And so I was like, I'm going to be a great athlete. So imagine if we take our weaknesses and multiply all the strengths that we have on top of them, then it can kind of become an actual strength for us. Maybe not our greatest, simplest, natural born ones. But the next thing I knew, if I just worked as hard as I was at things I wasn't naturally gifted at, well, now what happens if I push the pedal to the metal with that which I'm naturally gifted at? And I apply my work ethic. And so that's what happened as an artist. I was very good at drawing and I, I was drawing cartoons and then I drew her picture of her and it was stunning. It was so good. I handed it to her. She just kind of, you know, blew it off. And I'm like, my life is over. <laughs> and I later found out her mom put it on the mantle. You know, it was that good of a picture. But like to continue to work at sports or artistry or then it became about performance, singing, music. Can I sing my way into her heart? You guys, it's fascinating to me that all these things came about because I was trying to win something that was never gonna like me, but it led me to everything that I needed to become. And that's called living the promise. It's just continually exploring that which we know we can create of ourselves if we're willing to put in the time. And I love, Spencer, that you've already come up with over 100. Most people, when I'm like, hey, identify 100 things that make you different or great, you know, your gifts, talents, skills, people sit there. Like, I'm talking about the most impressive leaders on earth. When I speak to them, they're like, 100? I don't even have 10, you know? But if I were to say, hey, write down like 10. Or something on there, right? I mean, geez. I know. I go, hey, write down 10 things you're not good at. They're like, oh, I can write 100. That's easy. You know, that's how we think. We're just like, this is what I'm not good at. This is what I'm not good at. Right. So the, the promise to the one really focuses on what are you good at? What can you lean into? And then at the same time, once you discover that and identify, clarify, magnify it, 
Now, once we go through the ICM process of identify, clarify, magnify, now we can go back and introspectively look and assess ourselves and say, really, what am I about? How do I magnify my promise? What are my best skills? What are the things I can do? Where are my weaknesses within my strengths? And then they become our greater promises to keep to the world. You know what, you actually, but the reason I did it is because you gave me a process to do it. So for example, talk about when you wrote down the word entertainer, how you were able to expand that. Yes. So if you just had one word, like mine is entertainer, I mean, uh, you know, you might come up with 10 words and you're like, that is the end of me. <laughs> well, that's not true. So entertainer is my word. Now let's extract everything that makes an entertainer whether it's the ability to put yourself out there, uh, vulnerability meets confidence, uh, your artistry, your imagination, your memory, your, uh, your storytelling, singing, music, uh, piano, can I do guitar? Can I, I mean, now you're expanding into instruments. Now you're expanding into, I can do cartoons and I can spin a basketball on my finger and I can, I can do uh, cartwheels and I can jump around, I can dance. Hey, look, I can do the moonwalk. I can do, you know, I can do the hammer time. I can do West Side Story. Do you see where I'm going here? I mean, it's almost absurdly simple to say, oh, of course I've got a hundred. I just need to unpack the word that I came up with and figure out what really applies to make it so that I can create that. And so all the exercises that you do in the book are great because you, you help walk people through that. And that's just wonderful. Christian, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm monopolizing. I'll shut up. <laughs> I like it. I'm afraid to ask a question because I asked a good question the first time and now I don't want to ask another one because I just want to rest on my laurels. I don't want to... <laughs> I, I don't want to always uh, ask good questions. It's, it's, it's <laughs> no surprise. Every time you say something, I'm like, oh, geez. You know, it sounds to me uh, that much of this is designed to convert the seasoned skeptic. What I mean by that is, you know, I'm a 53-year-old man. I've been lying to myself for almost all of those 53 years. So I know it's going to take a level of effort and convincing for me to start actually believing in the promises that I make to myself. So what is that conversion process like? How have you seen it manifested in yourself and in other people that you've been working with as you've put together and published and spoke about and evangelized in the best sense of the word, this keeping the promise to the one. Christians, another great question. See? <laughs> you guys, these are great questions. Uh, I mean, as I've gone about helping others figure this out, it, it is for the skeptic. There's no question. And the truth of the matter is I've had friends, family, others say, I started reading the book. I had to put it away. I can't deal with it. I can't go there for myself. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And, and good for you to recognize that. But if you're ready to tackle it head on, it's very simple. I mean, just do something simply like uh, look back at last month's calendar of things that you had to do. Just look at your to-do list. I mean, real quick, you know, kind of a deal. And just say, what did I actually accomplish last month? Did I get the things done that really needed to happen? Or did I only serve my clients, 
and I didn't serve my family? Did I only serve the team, but I didn't serve myself? And so when you look back at what you've accomplished in the last month, let's just say, let's say the, the challenge is really looking at yourself and saying, I'm not keeping a promise to myself to eat well. Let's just say, I want to be healthier. Let's say that's, uh, that's sort of like the overarching one for a, a lot of people. Uh, can we look back at how we track that? I mean, how do you track how you eat? Well, can I write it down? Can I take a picture of my food? Can I, can I just promise myself I'm not going to eat sugar today and, and just take it one step at a time? And when it comes to the old cliche that athletes use of we're just going to take it one day at a time. We're going one game at a time. We hear that and we're like, that is just such a stupid answer, but it's the perfect answer because taking it one game at a time or one day at a time lets you sit back and go, what did I do with that day? How did that game go? What am I really doing with my life? Did I write like I promised myself when I was going to sleep and making promises for tomorrow? Did I write the next day like I said I would? Did I wake up at the time I said I would and go jogging up in the mountain? Or did I actually open the book that I meant to, but instead was scrolling through Facebook? What are the little, little, little promises that add up to make our promise breaking so evident to us after the fact? And once we start to really become accountable to that, whether it's keeping track in a calendar, in a journal, in your emails to yourself, in Evernote, wherever you want to put it. That's how we can crack the critic or the skeptic in ourselves is to say, hey, you know what? I broke 15 promises, but I kept that one to myself today that I haven't before. And that is a great place to start. Now, what can I do tomorrow? This book is not just about making you feel bad. It's about making you forgive yourself. That's really a lot more of what it is than making people go, oh, I can't keep promises. You know, I mean, we can, we can talk promises all day, these huge promises, but a lot of people are thinking I'm talking, make bigger promises. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying, hey, under promise so you can over deliver, but we're just talking about how can we make a promise, keep a promise. It's not so much a goal because a goal has a deadline. With the promise, it's something that you become. It's almost like creating a new habit. It's creating what way, it's like a sacred goal is a promise. And somebody said that to me somewhere and I was like, I like that. A promise is a sacred goal. It's not a deadline, it's not going anywhere. We do it, we become it. Then we live our promise easier. You just mentioned something about forgiving yourself. And you know, I you coach, I coach, and one of the things I talk about is the saboteur, right? It's that voice inside your head that says all those bad things to yourself. So you just gave a couple of tips of how to how to stop doing that. First of all, focus on the good things that you've done. But you did something in, in here that I'd love you to share, and that is a process to forgive yourself. Would you just would you talk about that? Because I just loved how you you stated it. Well, you're going to have to remind me because I don't remember exactly how I said it. Like I said, I wrote the book in three days, Chris. Come on, man. Uh, and Spencer, <laughs> tell me what part you liked and we'll expound. Write an entire page basically forgiving yourself for the things that you've said to yourself. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's right. And I guess I sort of mentioned that when we just were talking. So to write it down. To I mean, you could even do like a a part of your journal. I don't know who, who is listening that has a journal. I'm going to hold up my journal 
for those that are watching, but mine is an actual big old book. I mean, these kind of things are, these are essential to make sure that we're doing this. And, and you can write it in the sense of saying, I'm gonna do historical, that's fine. I can you know, just do my life history every day and keep track of everything that's happened. Maybe I could do my food journal in here or spiritual things that I've had insights with or inspiration. And then there's the, let's keep track of the crap I didn't do today, <laughs> you know? And we can actually sit there and do that process. And really it's just almost like getting out all the poison that we've fed ourselves. And to be, you know, my friend Johnny Covey used to talk about how when, because he talks about head to heart, the importance of getting it from your head into your heart and, and, and making sure that if you were to eat something poisonous, you're going to throw it up. And so to get rid of it. So that's what we're doing with the journal like that. Forgive yourself. Go back through and say, I forgive myself of this. This was a bad idea. I shouldn't have done this. And if you have to rip it up, rip it apart, throw it away. No one will ever read it. No one will see it. You, but you got to write it out. So then you can say, now this is how I plan my life from here. This is how I'm going to orchestrate my, my level of living from now on. And it's just such a wonderful practice to get it out. Forgive yourself. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about the reception that you've received since you released this book. What's the impact that it's had on you, your family, and other people? Well, you guys, I started my career in Las Vegas as a singer and an impersonator. An impersonator is somebody who uses the voice and the look of other people to uh, pretend like they are them. And I'm very good at that, whether it's Alvin and the Chipmunks, Christmas, Christmas town is more, or Louis Armstrong, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. You know, so I'm very good at those types of things. What I found fascinating about this book is that this has helped people to realize that I have a voice. And they've always wondered what that sounded like. Who is Jason Hewlett? And I go, read my book. And what's fascinating about that discovery process for a lot of people is that I've gone from entertainer in Vegas to now leadership speaker for corporations and associations mixing in the entertainment within a powerful message called The Promise, of course. And then what I've found, my friends, lately is that I'm having people meet me for the first time as an author. That's a cool new title for me. Even though I've written other things in the past, to be considered an author first, and then for them to discover, yes, he's a speaker. Oh, he can entertain. It's almost just like how many arrows are in the quiver. And that's fun for me because it then proves the point that everyone listening has the same thing. All of us have that many talents. All of us have that many skills we can create if we're willing to lean into the ICM process. And so it's changed our lives in a lot of ways. I wish I'd have written the book a lot longer ago. I mean, that would have been really helpful for my career transitioning from entertainer guy to speaker guy and now author guy. But I'll tell you, I am a writer. I love to write. That's my happiest place. So there will be more books. There'll be more blogs. And uh, yeah, thank you for asking that question. My family's blown away that people, I mean, I haven't gotten very many negative reviews on Amazon. Let me just tell you that. That's what's been so interesting to me because go to my YouTube channel and you'll be like, oh, there's a lot of negative comments here.
but on the book people are like this is awesome it's changed my life and i'm like awesome so it's very cool where it's gone it is very cool and you know i as as you tell some of the stories you talk about your las vegas experience and making a life-changing choice um you know those experiences that you've had jason are, are what enables you to write the book with authority so sometimes it takes a little longer even though yes maybe it would have made an impact but you know sometimes we we have to receive those lessons and you and you tell them very very well and christian i i highly recommend it for those of you who are listening it's great i i got it on on audible and you get to hear jason narrate not only that but the songs in the transition those have to be you right i mean did you write those songs and you're playing and singing yeah you know that's funny you're the first one to ask that too so you guys are asking great questions i i recorded an album of my own original music over a decade ago and when i was when I was listening to Steve Martin's book called Born Standing Up, uh, it, you can hear him play the banjo but in between each piece. And I said to the people who created the audible with me, the audiobook, I said, you know, I wrote an album of music that nobody's ever found on iTunes or Spotify. What if we used some of these as transitions? And they were like, oh my gosh, yes. So that makes it kind of fun. And a lot of people don't even think about it. So that's cool you even picked that up, Spencer. <laughs> Listen, I, I recognize a, a talent and, and I recognize talent in my co-host. He's, he's actually an amazing musician, put stuff up on YouTube. And it just, I, I love it. I can't write. Uh, I can play the radio. I do sing a cappella. I sing, I sing in choirs and stuff. But I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a great talent. And you even talked about the metaphor about, you know, when somebody's off key and the dissonance that creates is one of the things you talk about in the book as well. But I, I am so impressed and grateful that you came on the show. I know we just have a few minutes for if some are, we have people that listen from around the world. Um, I have two asks and then I'm sure Christian will, will do that. Number one, what's, what would you, what message could you leave them with right now during these challenging times? That, that could help them just keep fighting and, and, and working to go through. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are struggling. You care so much about other people. You know, I watched the, the, what you've done for coaching and everything and the, and the community service you and your family give, you, you give a lot to others. So number one, just what message would you share? And two, could you share some of your signature moves so that people around the world might, might get to know you a little bit better? That, those are my two asks. <laughs> okay i would say the first thing uh for those that are listening around the world as far as how you can you know keep your promise perhaps just a little bit better to yourself is don't be so hard on yourself first of all and second of all uh don't consider it a goal uh goals are great and i have i've been for goals my whole life i still set goals but we're you know i like to say why set a goal when you can make a promise and not to say they're not important, but goals are particulars or promises or proclamations. So instead of just setting a couple of goals today, maybe perhaps instead make a proclamation. I proclaim to be this as a dad. I proclaim to be this as a mom. Or I proclaim to do this with every interaction with every client that I deal with, whether they're frustrated or I am we're going to always have this as our proclamation. I like to say that mission statements are dead because it's all about promise proclamations. You know, mission statement sits on a wall and gathers dust. 
but how can we actually implement a promise into our lives? It's just something we become on a daily basis until it intrinsically becomes a part of our DNA. And so whether that's writing it down and sticking it on your wall and saying, it's just a simple phrase. For me, one of my promises in my life and business, all of it, is that I'm going to spread joy. What does that look like? If a client calls me with a problem and they're frustrated, I'm not going to then mirror that for them. I'm going to gift them my promise, my signature moves. I'm going to infuse them with joy. And that's me being harmonious with my own integrity. And so my signature moves would entail things like being able to do this with my face for those that are viewing and for those that are listening to be able to realize that, you know, some of those voices I did earlier, those are things that make me unique. And I share them with everybody because they're funny and it makes people laugh. For example, I do that sped up voice that I did at the beginning of the podcast, but I used to do that as a, like a defective answer machine. You remember in the eighties and nineties, we had a tape recorder defective answer machine. I used to call people as if it was a defective message. And I'd be like, Hey Jack, this is a if you could call me back, my number is like to know the secret of life. So I love to use the voices, the noises, whatever it takes to make somebody laugh that opens their heart. And then I can teach them into their soul and into their mind how they can they can keep promises to themselves. That's why I utilize the entertainment for that delivery. That's my signature move. Well, I think this has been a fabulous hour. So I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your joy with us today. My final question is this. If people want to learn more about the great work that you're doing, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to uh, figure out how to use your services, if they want to learn more about the book, what's the best way for them to reach out and contact you? That's very nice. I mean, jasonhewlett.com is the place where we send everybody and that's where you can find the book and you can find links to everything. What I'm most excited about, however, you guys, and I haven't talked about this anywhere else, is the Promise Institute. And I've founded the Promise Institute with, uh, we have four of us, my three friends, so excited about launching that. And that's rolling out as we speak. Companies are bringing us in. We're teaching the John Maxwell leadership game. We're doing this training and at the same time teaching the promise within all of it. And so promiseinstitute.com will be live, hopefully by the time this podcast launches and the world gets to hear it. But when you go to promiseinstitute.com, you'll see what we can come in and do for your business in leadership, in culture. And imagine having a promise culture where everyone that you work with is keeping the promise, their signature moves, sharing it. That's the essence of leadership is to help others discover their great talents and gifts and also to share and develop ours. And so jasonhewlett.com, promiseinstitute.com, that's where we're going. I appreciate you guys and the good work you do. What a joy to be here with you. It's, a, it's been a real pleasure. We'll go ahead and put those uh, URLs in the descriptions and the links on the, on the pages for the podcast so that people can go ahead and access those. And Spencer, if people want to learn about, about how you can help them, what's the best way for people to contact you? Thank you, Christian. Just go to altiumleadership.com, A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com. 
and you can mess with me me there. And Jason, again, thank you so much. And Christian, uh, oh, by the way, Jason, I told you, didn't I, about Christian? The man's a brilliant guy. I mean, both of you guys just have incredible talents. I'm excited to get to know you better. And yeah, Christian, those are some of the best questions I've heard. Most of the questions when somebody asks me on a podcast, you know, they ask me the same one that the last podcast did. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll answer that. <laughs> so, so I told you. you. And, uh, and so for people who are listening, Christian is, is very humble, but he helps, you know, just multinational organizations, quasi-government organizations. They, they all turn to him for questions. So how can they find you, Christian? Oh, well, that's very kind of you, uh, Spencer. I appreciate that. And you can find me at uh, my website, gp4.com, gpfour.com. Uh, feel free to email me at cnapier at gp4.com. And you can also uh, look me up on LinkedIn. So okay, those are that's not enough, here. Christian. That is not enough. What are you doing this week? Oh, well, we're, we're, we are at Roots Tech. We are at Roots Tech. Um, so another thing that I've started, Life Stories Revered. Uh, you can go to lifestoriesrevered.com. Roots Tech is virtual this year. Over 200 and some odd thousand people have signed up, have registered. It's free, uh, virtual, and uh, we're exhibiting there. So please uh, look us up as virtual exhibitors, Life Stories Revered by GP4. So thank you very much, Spencer. Jason, it was a real pleasure to have you on our podcast today. We really appreciate the time. Listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll catch you again soon. Jason, thank you so much. Thanks, guys.